0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about encouraging empathy in your children. So for starters, empathy, what is empathy? What am I talking about here? I'm talking about the ability to understand and share in the feelings of another person in an effort to understand them, in an effort to support them. And this is obviously something we wish to encourage in our children, but how does one do that? So first, I want to jump right into the question, can empathy be taught? Is this something that you can teach your child? And the answer to that is honestly no. Caring feelings, they need to be felt. They can't be taught. You have to experience them. And the truth is that children come into this world primed for empathy But sometimes things get in the way of the development of empathy, and that is what I'm really talking about here today. No, you can't teach empathy, but you certainly can lay the groundwork for the seeds of empathy to grow and flourish. Um, I wanted to share a little bit of research on empathy in youth done by Sarah Conrath. She did some research and found that there has been a 48% decline today in comparison to 30 years ago in empathy in youth, as well as a 30% decline in the capacity for children to be able to consider other people's perspectives. And we've heard our kids, the youth of today, they often say things like, I don't care, doesn't matter, whatever. That's kind of something that we've become used to hearing from our children But it actually kind of indicates what was researched by Sarah Conrath. And I've put a link to this research and article that explains her research on empathy and goes into more detail. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail that, but it's something we're kind of becoming more and more aware of as parents and those who work with children. And a lot of us feel somewhat mystified as to why our kids seem to be less empathetic in general. Of course, there's always exceptions, but in general, this I don't care, whatever mentality- Where does that come from? I'm going to talk today about some tips that you can think about and implement in your own family that will help create an environment for empathy to grow within your child and things to maybe stop doing that might be getting in the way of your child developing empathy. So my first tip, jumping right in here, the first tip here, treat your child with love and respect. Don't talk down to them. Don't belittle them. This makes them feel not cared for. And kids who do not feel cared for are not primed to develop empathy. If you find yourself treating your child disrespectfully, work to regain your own caring feelings and empathy for your child. And make those amends, say the I'm sorry's if necessary, and recommit to parent supportively and respectfully. Because a child who doesn't feel cared for is a child who does not become an empathetic human being as they grow up. Tip number two, do not reward or even praise a child for acting nice, caring, or empathetic. This actually does the opposite. It teaches them to be less empathetic or to be performative in the way in which they act. So they might act in a way that is nice and caring and empathetic to try and get some type of an external reward or praise, but that's done out of self-interest. All the research that is really kind of popular right now and becoming so much more mainstreamed about growth mindset, that reinforces this idea behind rewards and praise discouraging growth in areas that we often use them when we're trying to encourage it. And that includes a child's development of empathy and caring feelings. Praising and rewarding can actually stifle its development. So it's best not to do that. Uh, My third tip, stop trying to teach empathy to the very young. I've already kind of let the cat out of the bag at the very top of this episode, talking about the fact that you cannot teach empathy. So stop trying to teach empathy. The key to unlocking empathy in kids is not in a book. It's not in a Daniel Tiger episode or a Mr. Rogers episode. As wonderful as all those might be, That's not the key to teaching empathy. Not to say your child cannot read books about feelings or watch Daniel Tiger or other shows that talk about feelings and emotions, but understand that that is not the key to teaching your child to be empathetic. They might talk about those concepts, but that's not the key to unlocking this within your child. Another thing that's not going to help teach empathy is explaining your own feelings as the adult to your child in an effort for them to learn to be empathetic to your feelings. Things such as, um, you know, when you said that, that hurt my feelings, thinking that when you explain that to your child, that might draw up some feelings of empathy for your child. The reality is that not only does the opposite, but it actually makes your child feel that you can't handle them, that you're weak that they have control over you. This might encourage your child to become more alpha, a topic that I covered in a recent episode where they feel like, oh, I have this power over my parent. I can control them with my emotions. That's scary. That's alarming. I better be more in charge and try and dominate my parents because who I am is causing these strong reactions and emotions in my parents. Again, this is misguided also because it doesn't actually teach your child to become empathetic. Developmental researchers, they assure us that empathy cannot be taught. They assure us of this. This is research and study based. And the reason why is because empathy requires the ability to hold on to multiple perspectives at the same time. So before the age of five, kids can't do this developmentally. They're too busy developing their own sense of self, and that's what they should be doing. That is their job at that age. They don't have the ability to hold multiple perspectives and feelings. That doesn't come in until closer to the age of five to seven, or for the highly sensitive, closer to the age seven to nine. That's when kids are able to keep multiple perspectives and start actually developing and experiencing empathetic feelings. So give it time. Now, that's not to say that very young children don't show or can't show caring or sympathy before that age, but that's different. That's not empathy. Empathy is much more complicated. It requires the ability to take another person's feelings on as one's own in an effort to understand that person, to make sense of that person, to connect with that person. And I get it. As parents, sometimes we lose our patience and we want our kids to have a more mature perspective. Uh, maybe you're frustrated that your child is making a big deal out of something that's relatively small in the grand scheme of things. And we think that we can help by sharing, um, oh, that there are people who are starving in this world, that they have it so good while others live in poverty. That that's going to help our child develop a sense of empathy. The reality is, they don't have a worldview. They're not old enough. That's an adult perspective. It takes time. It took you time to grow and develop that. You don't really remember it. You're not really cognizant of empathy growing and developing within yourself, but it does take time. So, we need to stop shaming our kids for something that is actually developmentally normal, or we might actually get in the way of it developing altogether. Tip number four put your child's spirit ahead of the performance of things like good manners. Yes, good manners are important and they're to be encouraged, but we want manners to develop internally. There should be this internal drive that comes because of care and empathy about another person's feelings. And if we're so focused on performance of good manners, again, we might be getting in the way of a child actually developing the desire to want to be respectful and having empathy for another person and that driving the display of good manners. Understanding that sometimes little kids, younger children might be shy or they might be experiencing a lot of frustration that is maybe getting in the way of them having good manners in that moment. So step in for your child, putting their spirit ahead of performance means sometimes you say the thank yous and the sorries for your child if they cannot do it for themselves in that given moment of time while out in public. Tip five, and this is the big one here, make sure you are helping to keep your child's heart soft so they don't become hardened and lose their capacity to have caring feelings. You need to, as a parent, accept and welcome and support all feelings that your child may have and make it safe for them to feel those emotions that are flooding through them, the huge range of emotions that flood through them on a given day. So this means stopping things like timeouts and discipline methods that are very wounding, That causes children to harden their hearts because it's too much to bear. It's too much to bear being alone when you're full of all these big, overwhelming feelings. So children learn to kind of stop from feeling these feelings, to numb themselves. It might look like they're calming down, but in reality, they're actually going through a period of hardening themselves and defending themselves from feeling vulnerable feelings, which you'll start to see if you're using these types of discipline techniques is that children stop having caring feelings. They start to say, you you say, okay, I'm going to take away this toy. I'm going to take away your screen time. I'm going to cancel that play date. And they'll say, I don't care. And the reality is they don't care because they've stopped caring. They've hardened their hearts against feeling those feelings Those hardened hearts cannot develop into empathetic hearts as they grow and mature. If your child is showing signs that they've lost those caring feelings, that is a problem that needs to be addressed. There's something going on in an emotional level that needs to be unpacked. A child who has a hardened, guarded heart needs help to let down those guards and to have that vulnerable feelings surface again and be able to feel safe to feel those feelings. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. A lack of caring feelings often is at the root cause of bullying behaviors in children. So if you're kind of feeling like your child maybe has started to develop a hardened heart or maybe you just want to figure out that they keep their soft, vulnerable heart, there are some ways in which you can do that There were five ways that are outlined in an article that I'm attaching to my show notes written by Dr. Deborah McNamara, who wrote the book Rest, Play, Grow, which I often um, refer to on my podcast. She works and is a faculty member at the Neufeld Institute, which I also talk about often, if not every episode of my podcast, since so much of my training and work has been informed by the research done in that institute and by Dr. Neufeld and Dr. McNamara. So in this article, which again, I'm including in my show notes, she gives five ideas on how to help a child soften a hardened heart or to protect a child from developing a hardened heart. And here are her ideas. Number one, to shield a child's heart with a safe attachment. I talk a lot about attachment on this podcast that deep connection. So work as a parent to continue to deepen and strengthen your connection with your child. This is your number one goal here. And this is key to your child having that softened heart is that safe, strong attachment. The second idea is to lead the child into vulnerable territory. That means making it safe for your child to open up. Asking those tough questions when they seem willing to talk about them Trying to kind of dig a little deeper, to touch the bruise, as they sometimes say. Help your child face hard truths. Sometimes leading a child into vulnerable territory means reading a sad book, watching a sad movie, helping them feel those feelings, making it safe to feel those vulnerable feelings, and then modeling it yourself. The third idea from Dr. McNamara's article, protect the child against experiences that are too much to bear. As a parent, you need to know when it's time to leave. Something is going to be too much for your child or to not show up when you need to change an environment, stop the play dates with a particular child, or in general, if it's too much for your child to handle at one time. Maybe it's about decreasing separation that is avoidable between yourself and your children. That's all part of protecting a child against experiences that might be too much for them to bear. Number four, immunize your children against experiences that cannot be avoided. So that means to prepare their heart for things that are coming. Let them know what's down the road, something you know that's going to be hard for them to deal with. Make a plan together, talk about it, except there may be some tears and a lot of emotion building up to that. When your child is going into a tough environment or preparing to leave you for a period of time, Spend time preparing for that. That immunizes them against these experiences that cannot be avoided. I'll give you a little example of doing this recently. My youngest daughter, she's really scared to lose teeth. And she had this front tooth that was literally hanging on by thread for days. And she just refused to have it pulled out, refused to pull out herself and was stopping eating and was starving and was getting sick of just eating yogurt because that's the only thing that she kind of eat. She opened her mouth, the tooth would basically practically fall out. And I didn't want to step in there and force her to have me pull out her tooth. She needed to get to that moment. And when she got to that moment and knew it had it happen, we had to talk about it. We had to plan. I had to immunize her against experience that couldn't be avoided. And we talked about it and she cried a lot about it. And we worked together to get to a place where I knew that she could trust that safe attachment with me. I was leading her into the vulnerable territory of something that was really, really hard. And because we spent the time preparing for it, we did many practice sessions. Uh, I would show her how I was going to use tissue. And I would practice tooth right next to the one that was going to fall out. And I would practice multiple times so she could be prepared. Um, Again, more tears would come every time she got used to the idea that this was going to happen for real. And then we got to that point and we pulled that tooth. I told her, I know you can do this. I know you're strong enough. I know you're brave enough to do this. You can do hard things. And she said, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that after my tooth comes out. And she did. I you know, finally got to the point. She didn't want to make count. She just wanted to do it. And so we had the process worked out. I put the tissue up. It came right out with almost zero effort on my part whatsoever. And she said, I can do hard things. And she had some more little tears. That was immunizing her. This is experience that could not be avoided. That tooth was going to come out. So we had to work through it. We had to process. We had to plan it. We had to deal with the tears that came along with it. And that helped keep her heart soft. The fifth idea that came from Dr. McMara, lead them to their tears and cultivate resilience. So when kids are frustrated, when they're alarmed, when they're having to accept the futilities in life and adapt to them, you lead them there. You stay with them. Emotion needs to move, not be tempered, not be calmed down or stopped, You lead your child. If those tears are coming, you milk those tears. You draw them out. You get them to come and flow. That helps a child keep a soft heart. Stop the practice of shaming a child for having emotions and tears around things. Those tears are part of keeping your child's heart soft. And that is a key, one of the most important keys to your child developing empathy. Now, I said at the very top of this that, you know, you can't teach, Empathy. Well, there are a lot of programs in schools. There's a lot of books you can buy. There's a lot of programs that talk about teaching empathy to kids. So, is all of this just a racket? Is all of this not worth it? There may be wonderful materials out there. I'm only familiar with one that I think actually does a really good job. And it's a program that is a school based program called Roots of Empathy. And if you're not familiar with this program, the reason it works is because it doesn't teach empathy. It creates an environment and a framework on which empathy can start to develop within a child or can continue to develop within a child. At the heart of the whole program is a neighborhood parent and child, an infant and a parent who volunteer to visit the classroom throughout the school year about once a month. I had the opportunity to be that neighborhood parent with my third-born child, Maisie, We went into a neighborhood classroom once a month, and my daughter, my infant daughter, was the so-called Roots of Empathy teacher. In fact, she had a little onesie that had the Roots of Empathy little tree logo, and below it, it said teacher that she'd wear every time I went to class until it didn't fit anymore because she grew so much during the course of that year. So at the key of this Roots of Empathy program The parent and child come into the class, and there is an instructor that has been trained in this program, and she kind of primes the children in the class to know what to look for. And the parent and child come into the class, and they talk about the baby's growth and development since they saw the child last they observe the baby's behaviors, their feelings, their emotions. And the instructor will ask questions to the kids. Oh, what, what do you think the baby's feeling right now? What do you think the baby is? Oh, the baby's crying. Why do you think? And the child has to kind of put themselves in the baby's shoes and think about what those feelings might be. They get to practice in the moment, empathy. And it's really hard for anyone to not have empathy towards an infant, so, with these children in building up a relationship, and that's key also to why this program is so great, they build up a relationship with this infant teacher. And over the course of the year, they get to see how much that baby grows and develops, and they get to grow and develop, and that empathy and their caring feelings towards that infant teacher grow and develop over the course of the year. It's a wonderful program and really, really helpful. And it has a lot of research to back the decrease in aggression and bullying behaviors and problematic behaviors in general at schools where Roots of Empathy is integrated into the school's social and emotional learning curriculum. So that's one program that I'm aware of. I'm sure there are others. I think ones that come in and instruct how to feel empathetic, those are ones that I think I would take another look at and question. And if your child is at a school or a program that is kind of doing the teach a child to be empathetic method, you might want to start some conversations or maybe suggest a different program like Roots of Empathy if that's possible. But the main point here, as I already stated, is that we as parents, as our children's first teachers we're the ones that can do the work to lay the groundwork and plant those seeds of empathy for our own children. I hope this has been helpful to you today. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the 3D parent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D parent podcast.